What's up, what's up, what's up? Welcome to another segment of Meninge Trois. I'm your hostess, Keeks, and I would like to welcome you to my podcast. What's up, y'all? My, I'm, I'm just going to let y'all know my energy <laughs> is low right now because child of the Lord, your girl is tired, but it's okay because we're going to persevere through this. After this, I'm giving you some really great rest. Well-deserved. <laughs> But without any further ado, I'm going to go ahead and introduce my special guest, Nature Valley. Hey, y'all. How are you? I'm tired, but I'm getting through it. Amen, amen. We're going to, you know, that's we're going to get straight to it. <laughs> Give them the information and wisdom and all of that. And we're going to have us a great night's rest. Amen. Make sure y'all follow my love. Nature Valley, you can got you guys can find her podcast at I Just Want to Fucking Know on Twitter and her uh well duh, I said that wrong. I'm sorry. You can find her <laughs> podcast at I Just Want to Fucking Know on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Radio Public, Breaker, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Overcast, Anchor. You also can follow her. Twitter podcast account at IJUTFK. Again, her Twitter podcast account is at IJUTFK. Mm-hmm. Other formalities I have, listen to our last episode. We talked about misogyny. And I know a lot of y'all, y'all, y'all want to listen to this. Male, female, however you identify definitely listen to that episode um again because it blends very well with everything that we have been talking about and at the same time mm-hmm. we're all here for an intellectual conversation right mm-hmm. so make sure y'all check that out also feature nature valley <laughs> also follow my other podcast team sfa charlotte that is s.f.a.charlotte Again, you can find our podcast available on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Radio Public, Breaker, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Overcast, and CastBox. And finally, follow my social media accounts at Meninge Trois. You guys can follow me and find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Meninge Trois. That is Meninge Trois because some people think it's Meninge Trois and that's not what it is, y'all. <laughs> Meninge Trois. Meninge Trois. Make sure y'all follow me. But other than that, we're going to go ahead and get straight to it. So today we are going to be talking about homophobia and transgender oppression. Yes, 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 yes. A much needed conversation with a lot of things that are changing within our culture and within our Mm -hmm. society. And I'm actually going to let Nature Valley lead the conversation on this one. So um, I'll go ahead and introduce our core questions, and then I'm going to go ahead and pass the baton on to Nature Valley. (laughs) So the core questions that we're going to be focusing on in this episode is explaining what is homophobia, defining it, and talking about how it looks or what it looks like within the American society and giving you all some examples. What is transphobia? Defining it and also giving you all some examples of what it looks like and how it operates within the American society. What is transgender oppression? Give you all some examples and um, talk about what it looks like within the American society. Distinguishing gender identity, 
versus sex identity versus sexual orientation because people have a tendency to clump Mm -hmm. all the terminology together without actually understanding that there's a difference between all these things and they all have different functions so we're definitely gonna um give you all some information about those things as well and finally how does homophobia and transphobia operate and exist within the black community which i know damn it i think we all know we all can think of some ways right now but that's okay because we're gonna get to it so without any further ado nature valley all right thank you so (laughs) so just to start it off i kind of wanted to um define a little bit um just kind of to set the stage before we enter into you know our discussion or whatever so Within America, there are a few systems in place, like we've mentioned before, upholding one essential idea um, to the existence of any nation, and that is this idea of order. So if we were to think of it as like a picture of some sort, it essentially resembles a triangle or a pyramid when trying to accurately depict how the order exists. It's basically the biggest pyramid scheme (laughs) that exists. Um, So at the top, As I previously mentioned, there exists the idea of order. Um, Right beneath that, there exists this idea of binary. um, And directly beneath that will be the idea of white supremacy and gender. Um, Beneath that are the systems that help to perpetuate these ideas and ultimately uphold this idea of order within the context of America. So some examples of systems would include racism, as we've talked about before, sexism, as we've also talked about before um, in our last episode of misogyny, um, capitalism, et cetera, et cetera. And of course, those systems have systems that keep them fortified and so on. So some examples of those systems would be the education system, the medical system, the nutritional system, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, the fortification of the systems just kind of continues onward pretty infinitely. So it's essential, in my opinion, to note that order is inherently discriminatory. So in a very simple sense, there are some things that will fit into that order and some things that will not fit into that order. Um. Luckily, though, I mean, this in the most ironic and the least actually lucky way, anything outside of that order is taken care of and eventually eliminated. Um, It's a self-sufficient system, which is why it runs and continues to run. And in the case of gender, remembering not to disregard the ideas um, it is holding into place, i.e., you know, the system of sexism and misogyny and patriarchy. Um, There are systems in place fortifying its right to exist as a byproduct of the main idea of order. So gender, as defined by Google, is either of the, okay, so this is in quotation marks, either of the two sexes, i.e. male and female, especially when considered with reference to social and cultural differences um, rather than biological ones. Hmm. Um, 
the term is also used more broadly to denote a range of identities that do not correspond um, to established ideas of male and female. Um, so within this definition, we see two things. First, it's important to note that just like race, it is a construction that is constantly attempted to be explained by biology or through biology or what is observable in the natural world. Did you sneeze? Oh, no, I coughed. I'm sorry. Oh, bless you. I was like, who's like? Um, So in other words, it's, um, it's an idea being enforced by a series of physical and non-physical systems. It's also important to note that being so um, – Gender is just as messy as, you know, any other social construction like race. Um, so I talked previously in another episode about how race gets murky when it's attempted to be explained by physical attributes. Right. Um, so in that instance, I gave the example of a professor I had who was Italian and considered, quote unquote, white, but was of a darker uh, complexion than myself. In the same way, gender cannot be based in physical attributes because it is often said that a man has certain genitalia as a confirmation that they exist as a man, i.e. a penis, and a woman is said to have, um, you know, female, gen- a certain genitalia, i.e. a vagina, that is said to be the basis of her womanhood. But in reality, there's well over two sexes that exist because there are different combinations of X and Y chromosomes which determine sex. Um, So there are, you know, consequently people that are born without genitalia. There are people that are born with both a penis and a vagina. There are people that are born with two penises and two vaginas and micro penises that resemble vaginas and, you know, the list kind of, yeah, and the list kind of just goes on and it's like, the Western world is just committed to just the penis and just the vagina, which they equate to male and female, and then further use those um, two sexes that they hold on to as man and woman. So then a question that I have is like, how then do we order people that exist outside of that binary? Since that binary isn't organic, it's really a created... um, binary and the answer essentially is that we don't like anything that exists outside of that binary order is left to be ostracized by the society because the society only permits the two genders which they base in the wrong assumption that there are only two sexes Um, we can see then how things like homophobia and transgender oppression begin to surface because it's also important um, to note that America has not been largely accepting of the idea that there are also multiple genders. Um, The Western ideology of genders has been challenged as of recently, um, and people have become a little bit more open about expressing their feelings concerning gender as a construct. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned a few years ago that um, in some parts of Asia, they have different names to actually name those genders since their gender um, order is non-binary. So it's more of a spectrum. Um, so in America, though, 
people who do not fit into that binary are all just grouped together as transgender. Like there's woman, man, and then transgender group, and there's no spectrum of, you know, what that means. Um, So now when we talk about people who identify as transgender, we have to realize that those identities exist on a spectrum. A lot of people think that all people who identify as transgender have the sex reassignment surgery, which is essentially a surgery um, to give them parts of, quote-unquote, the opposite sex. Realistically, though, like I was talking about before, since I explained that there are more than two sexes that exist, excuse me, there would technically be no opposite. But just to keep it simple and specific to America, it would be just... um, exactly what I stated. So since changing um, one's gender identity within the context of America pretty much completely refutes the biological justifications of what it means to be a man or what it means to be a woman, a lot of people looking inside from outside become really confused. Um, People often see gender and equate it to sex. Like, it's always used, or I won't say always, but oftentimes they're used as interchangeable terms. Um, Like, I'm a male or I'm a female or, you know what I mean? But, like, Mm -hmm. it's not, but what you really mean is, like, oh, I'm a woman, I identify as a woman, or I'm a man, I identify as a man. Um, And it then starts to get very murky and forces people to start kind of, challenging the binary order in place like why is it in place what's its purpose what's the motivation um Mm -hmm. just like we challenge literature i mean we don't always challenge literature but it's a very important practice to kind of just challenge the literature that you're reading and challenge the systems that you're living in like you kind of have to ask those questions and then the ultimate question is what is the outcome of all of these you know Mm -hmm. it's of course, much more convenient to group think, which is pretty much to think like everyone else is thinking around you and just absorb all the information that you're given right. and, you know, kind of maintain that status uh, quo rather than to ask these questions as they would essentially completely destroy the system of not only patriarchy, but also the binary order in which our society, our entire society is based on. So racism couldn't exist if we destroyed that binary Um, patriarchy couldn't exist Um, a lot of things um, that are pretty much the root of how America functions would not exist if we erased that binary so then the question is what happens as a result hatred towards those of us who challenge the status quo happens as a result Um, and homophobia becomes you know prevalent because people who assign values to what it means to be a woman, like we briefly described in the previous episode, some of those, you know, attributes being submission and being delicate and, you know, second to a man and all of that, just like race, like couldn't exist without the opposite. So the man being strong and the provider and things like that, like it couldn't exist without its, um, Ooh, what's the word? Artificial opposite, I guess I would say. Like, created opposite. Right. Because it's not inherently opposite, you know? Right. I get what you're saying. Yeah. 
So basically, so like, we wouldn't know what it means to be a woman if we didn't know what it meant to be a man. Like exactly, you can only understand what it means to be a woman only because you understand what it means to be a man. Exactly. Okay, exactly. I get you. I get you. <laughs> so then this question becomes like, um, where was I? <laughs> I'm sorry. So that no, no, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but then the question becomes like we can see how two men and two women dating would be an issue because it would exist outside of that um, distinct binary that we just created so if there is no man to compare to a woman or no woman to compare to a man within a homosexual relationship then you can kind of see how things start to get a little funky over there um Transgender oppression becomes, you know, prevalent similarly because if gender becomes fluid, if it becomes something that can be crossed or translated or manipulated to be what we want it to be instead of something that's inherent or innate, then it doesn't keep the, bi the same binary in place. And people, like, are so uncomfortable with the existing outside of a sense of order because it isn't something that can be controlled and it isn't something that can be fixed and it isn't something that can be easily labeled. It isn't discriminatory and people like to feel like they belong to something and like they're fighting against something and like they have some control or power over their destiny and all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. So my question then is, um, are these feelings inherent or are these indoctrinated feelings like are these feelings that we're taught to have like this feeling of needing to belong like a lot of people feel like this earth us versus them this binary type of thing is just something that exists inherently like when we're born like I wonder if that's something that exists like in us as human beings or if it's just something that we're taught to think so mm. with all this being said how do you see homophobia and transphobia show in our community? Oh, child. Okay. We just <laughs> laid it on thick. Um, <laughs> so when you say our community, do you mean within America or do you mean specifically within the Black American community? Specifically within a Black American community. Ooh, Okay. Um, well, I definitely see homophobia um, and transphobia exist and operate within black culture specifically. Like the first thing that comes to mind is hip hop culture. Mm. Um, just from knowing some songs that say uh, that use derogatory language, such say, so saying things such as fag, faggot, mm -hmm. um, what's what's another one? Um, but just saying things that are very derogatory towards mm -hmm. people who identify uh, as gay. Hip hop culture, hip hop music. I do feel like I feel like there's a difference between like men. And women within hip hop mm. culture, because it's like, it seems like it's a little bit more accepted if you are a woman, if you're a gay woman, but if you're a gay man, it's almost unacceptable. Mm. Um, but hip hop culture, for sure. The black church, 
Definitely, 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 definitely. And I don't know if this is because I so um, against homosexuality and transgender. Um, I feel, well, I know I've had experiences, even to this day, just listening to some of the language that is being used when discussing homosexuality and mm-hmm. relation to the black church. So I know um, a lot of church leaders will say things like, it's not of God. It's unnatural. Mm-hmm. God doesn't want this for you. This is an aban- an abonishment to God. I hope I, did I say that right? Like a mm-hmm. like God doesn't accept this. This is unacceptable. This is not of him. This is unnatural because human beings were placed here to further procreation mm-hmm. and to procreate and by being with the same sex you are negating this agenda. You're not allowed mm-hmm. to procreate and you're going against God's purpose for man or humanity. It's written in the Bible to not be homosexual and you know the bible is the go-to for um a lot of religions especially christianity because it's written by god so those are just some of the things i've heard Mm. when hearing church leaders discuss homosexuality and talk about homosexuality and i it's it's very messed up because I feel like by allowing things such as homophobia and transgender oppression to operate within a black community, I feel like they already operate within American culture, mm-hmm. but I feel like within a black community, like it's really, really ostracized because a lot of black people are homophobic mm-hmm. and ooh, excuse me. Um, I feel like by allowing this to manifest to the extent that it does, where it breaks families apart, where, you know, parents disown their children Mm -hmm. because they identify as being gay, where people are murdered for Mm -hmm. identifying as being gay or for being gay. The fact that it's that severe, it's messed up is an understatement. And I feel like that kind of divide is something that keeps black people from uniting because Mm. if we do want something such as black liberation, then we all would have to come together. Mm -hmm. And I even have like um, some, maybe some questions about that, like so far as what black liberation really is and, you know, knowing that not everyone is going to be willing to be liberated because not everyone, Mm. not every black person even identifies as being black, you know, Mm. but that's a whole nother can of worms. (laughs) We'll save that for another day. Um, But I feel like it's a divide and conquer tactic and we allow it to divide us because we are allowing our hate, our disliking, our homophobia to keep us from uniting and from loving each other. Mm. You're allowing your fear, your misunderstanding, your prejudice, your discrimination, and maybe even your hate to disallow you to love your own child, Mm. to love your own family members, to love your own friends. It's, it's very unfortunate. Um, And I feel like the church has a very big, role within the black community it's it's almost like a freaking I don't know it's almost like a driving force Mm. and um what else am I gonna say I heard 
well, no, I'm not going to even, before I even go there, by excluding people that identify as being gay or transgender, by excluding them from the black church and not allowing them to have leadership roles within the black church because you're afraid that they're going to set the wrong tone for the church because you're afraid that this isn't, this doesn't match the brand of your church or this doesn't match what you believe God looks like or what God exudes. God doesn't approve of this. So because of this, I'm not going to approve of you. How can you say what God approves Mm. of? You are not God. Like I understand you had, you may have a close relationship with God, but essentially you are not God and God creates all people. So these two, these people are two products of God. So Mm. just even in being, even in excluding people that identifies being gay or transgender, I feel like that's not your place to judge. And I feel like by you being a contributor to their oppression, a contributor to their harassment, you are, you are, because I feel like some people even like to label homosexuality as a sin. Mm-hmm. You being exclusive, you being discriminatory and being a contributor to their harassment, you're just as bad as a sinner. And I don't even like the fact that people see homosexuality as a sin because I feel like sin has this, had, a sin has a negative connotation. Mm-hmm. So when you tell someone that the way that they choose to express themselves, whether it's sexually, whether if it's within their entire being if you are telling them that that is sinful right away you are introducing this idea that they ought to be ashamed for how they Mm. are how for how they exist for being themselves because them being them is sinful is sinful and it's not god doesn't approve of it who are you to say something like that what's up y'all i'm sorry to interrupt but i just want to take a minute of your time are you based in charlotte Are you looking for dessert catering for a party, an event, or even a late night snack? I know I have just what you need. One name at MoMadeIt underscore desserts. What better way to satisfy your sweet craving and get lit than with some Hennessy cupcakes? Got a sweet tooth? She has anything and everything you need. Y'all, I'm talking cupcakes, cakes, chocolate-covered strawberries, chocolate-covered pretzels, cake pops, brownies, cupcake jars, you name it, she got it. And she does custom orders. And she's super affordable. I can guarantee your taste buds will be satisfied. Make sure y'all follow my show me on Instagram at MoMadeIt underscore desserts. That is at M-O-M-A-D-E-I-T underscore desserts. Go to her for all of your baked goods needs. Oh, and one more thing. Tell her Keek sent you. I don't, I don't, I don't like it. Um, and it took for me to have some conversations with my friends, have some conversations with my family and other people I know and associates and things like that to really understand how these things operate and function because like I come from a family that 
I mean, we were, you know, it's like everybody kind of has that one or two relatives that's really, really religious and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, like, within my own specific family, within the context of my mother's household, like, we kind of had spells where we were very religious compared to being very far from being religious, or mm-hmm. I'm not going to say being religious, uh, being Christians and walking in the Christian faith and things like that. But... I don't know. For me, it's like I have so many friends and family members that identify as being gay. Like, I value those relationships more than anything else. And I would hate to lose that relationship just because I'm going to allow this hate or this uh, prejudice I have to fester in a way that I can't love this person mm-hmm. when they when who they sleep with ain't got nothing to do with me and I don't even want to say just who they sleep with because again we're not just talking about sexuality mm-hmm. um, but how they choose to identify that has nothing to do with you so why does it bother you so much um, child of the Lord <laughs> that's but, the black church yeah. um hip-hop culture I already said Mm -hmm. black families Mm -hmm. is another um I feel like black families definitely is another entity where homophobia and and transgender oppression operates because you see it all the time so the first thing I think of is have you seen you've seen the show empire right Mm -hmm. hello yeah. Oh uh, yeah, I've seen it. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> um, the show Empire. So there's this scene um where Jamal, you know, they show like flashbacks of their family and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So there was a scene where Jamal wore his mom's heels and he had her scarf tied around his head and he was like walking around the house and when Lucius seen it, he got enraged. He picked mm-hmm. them up, he whooped them, he took them outside and he put them in a trash can. Mm-hmm. And I know that this is a fictional character, you know, this is a fictional show, but that Mm -hmm. within itself, it it sheds light on something that is very real. Mm -hmm. There are kids that get reprimanded for displaying behaviors that exist outside of the agenda, outside of the sex that they were assigned at birth. If a man, if you have a boy that finds more interest in the color pink, Boys don't like pink. If you have a girl that likes to wear um, baggy jeans instead of skirts and dresses and things like mm-hmm. that, she likes to climb trees or stuff like that, that's not ladylike. Mm-hmm. I feel like those are examples of how it exists within a black family. And not only that, when you have a child that exemplifies that and you reprimand them, you whoop them for doing mm-hmm. that, what if this, this is just how they are? What if this is a boy that just likes to play with Barbie dolls? What if this is a girl that just likes to wear jeans instead of dresses? Mm-hmm. Like, why are you disciplining them that? Why are you disciplining them for that? Why are you reprimanding them for that? And I feel like, again, that plants a seed in their mind that within them just trying to be their self, that, that is unacceptable to you. And then that manifests in a way that's even more detrimental to where it's like it harms your relationship. Now your child feel like they mm-hmm. can't authentically be themselves and they, mm-hmm. they can only be a portion of themselves, if not even 
ooh, excuse me, it's not even being a portion of themselves because it's a facade. So if it's a facade, it's not you. Mm-hmm. Your child can't even be honest with you in, in showing you who they truly are because they know you're not going to approve just because of past experiences they've had with you. Um, and again, that becomes detrimental to a child because, you know, it makes them think that something is wrong with them. They have mm-hmm. low self-esteem. They have, they begin to develop self-hate. They have a lack of confidence and kids get depressed. You even have kids mm-hmm. that commit suicide mm-hmm. because of things like this. That's, one factor within um the black household another (laughs) one i would also say is derogatory language Mm. things that parents say to kids stop that gay shit don't do that gay shit Uh -uh. Mm. boys don't do this girls don't do this Mm. girls don't dress like that girls don't act like that all of that is it's it breeds a culture if a child is trying to be themselves if a child is being themselves essentially and in them being themselves they are demeaned for it they are reprimanded for it that's that is it's it hurts mm-hmm. and then it's like it's something that you can't control because it's like this is who I am I, I can't control who I am and I have reasons behind that, but we're going to get into that later on. <laughs> um, and then also hearing this idea of there being a gay agenda, mm. which I feel like when I hear uh, people talk about there's a gay agenda, I feel like they have this idea that, you know, there's a dominant culture within our society that um, enforces its own ideas and percep- its own ideas that it wants people within that same society to follow so the gay agenda is this agenda that that's being reinforced by the dominant culture to basically get more people to be open to gayness and my question is if that is something that does exist Mm -hmm. why is that an issue Mm -hmm. why do you feel that society being more inclusive and more open to gayness why do you feel why do you feel threatened by that are you insecure within your own sexuality Mm -hmm. that you feel like society being open to something like this is going to how do you feel like that's going to affect you why are you so afraid Mm -hmm. and I know I hear parents say things like oh my kids my kids my kids Okay, if your kids identify as being gay, why is that a bad thing? Mm -hmm. Why are you ashamed of that? But, again, these are some questions I have. Um, Any parent that is listening to this and any person who's homophobic that is listening to this, I really hope you ask yourself these questions Mm -hmm. because I feel like people develop hate without even knowing that they have hate in their hearts mm-hmm. and the only way you can overturn it is by acknowledging that it exists and challenging it but not feel like I'm preaching um, but yeah <laughs> that's what I would say is how uh, it exists within the black community 
Ooh, I need some water. Child <laughs> of the Lord. <laughs> and one oh, thing man. before you change, um, I just wanted to note that, like, it's so interesting to me how homophobic and, like, transphobic Black people are. Yes. Like, being that we are literally oppressed in society, like, we're literally treated like the scum of the earth. We're oppressed right. in every attribute, be it you know, educational, we talked about this, you know, nutritional, Mm -hmm. all of that. And then we come back home where we're supposed to feel safe and we're supposed to feel accepted by people who at least know what it means to exist within the same context. And then they oppress us, you know? It's like, damn, like, you should understand of all people who are, like, you as a person who is oppressed should not want to oppress someone else, especially someone else that looks just like you. Right. I know it is one of those, it's also, I I believe it's one of those things where it's also like, because if it's not being accepted within a dominant culture, people tend to follow what is being pushed for within the dominant culture. So if it's not being encouraged within a dominant culture, people are not going to be open to it. Um, but the thing about the dominant culture is that it changes. Mm. Just like these social constructs that we talk about, they change all the time. And they're going to keep changing. So, oh, what was I going to say? Like, oh, I can't. Mm, I'm going to come back to it. I, it, it left me. <laughs> um, but I did want to mention the incident that happened with Jesse Smollett. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like that is an example of homophobia within, um, not just within a black community, but within America as a whole. Because here it is, you have someone who was beaten, cracked, uh, he cracked, he he cracked the rib Mm -hmm. from people who interrogated him because of his identity. And now there's evidence that he's, he paid people to do it according to cpd first of all i don't <laughs> trust cpd period chicago police department child of lord um but the fact that i don't know and i'm i i don't why would someone make something like that up why would someone go mm-hmm. through agony to that extent for what And I don't even want to believe, I don't, I don't believe that he, that he's making this up. Cause I mm-hmm. do, I mean, look at the leader of the nation right now, mm-hmm. the president of the United States. And so many people are open and being racist and being misogynist and being homophobic and being white supremacists. Why can't people accept that those people exist within this nation? One of them is the face of the damn country. Mm-hmm. Yes, that stuff happens in America. Don't try to hide it or disguise it as being something else because you don't want to associate those kind of behaviors with American culture. Damn it, look at the history. This shit been happening. This shit ain't new. But now I feel like I'm preaching. Preach, sister girl. <laughs> Oh, when I first heard that they they're saying, "Oh, he there's evidence that mm-hmm. it's he made this up." Like that pissed me, especially it's especially to hear that the evidence came from Chicago Police Department. I'm like, mm-hmm. "Are you kidding me?" 
<laughs> um, but again, you know, everyone has their own attitudes about police, and I'm not gonna even get into that right now. <laughs> I'm just gonna stick on topic. Um, but yeah, that's my take on how I see it operating and functioning within the black community. It's very unfortunate because, again, I feel like it divides us more than anything, mm-hmm. and it's very messed up that it that we allow it to break so many black families as if we're not already under attack we already have so many systems that are deliberately trying to separate and break our families so why would we Mm -hmm. want to perpetuate anything that's going to further that agenda Mm -hmm. but i digress (laughs) i digress i'm gonna hit i'm gonna strike somebody hard today that's all right that's what we here for that's what we here for But moving forward, I'm going to go ahead and introduce some terminology. Um, And I'm still learning when it comes to uh, terminology in relation to gender identity and gender fluidity. Because, again, I do feel like this is something I don't feel like it's new, but I feel like the scholarly data supporting it is new. The research behind it, I would even say that there was research behind it, but there wasn't as much. Mm-hmm. Now there's a lot more research where we can look up uh, the definitions of these things. And there's a lot more data, which I appreciate because it, it's, it's helping me learn a lot. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and introduce some terminology to you all, you know, give you all some different definitions. And then um, we're going to help you all understand the difference between the terminology because, again, people tend to clump mm-hmm. gender and sex identity and sexual orientation as being the same thing when really it's not. People feel that, oh, because I, because my biological sex is female and I identify my gender as being a woman, that automatically assumes that I am heterosexual. And that's not the case. So we just go go ahead, break it down, and hopefully we all can, you know, ride the train and be on track. So the first term I'm going to introduce to you all is homophobia. Homophobia, according to the Encyclopedia Britannica, is a culturally produced fear of or prejudice against homosexuals that sometimes manifests itself in legal restrictions or in extreme cases, bullying or even violence against homosexuals, sometimes called, quote, gay bashing, end mm-hmm. quote. Phobia generally designates an, irrash- an irrational fear in the case of homophobia. The word instead refers to an attitudinal disposition ranging from mild dislike to abhorrent, abhorrent, oh, child of the lord (laughs) come on get it together (laughs) abhorrence of people (laughs) who are sexually or romantically attracted to individuals of the same sex i can't be coming over on here sounding illiterate that's that is not (laughs) that can't be doing it can't (laughs) be doing it According to Morian Adams, um, she's the author of the amazing book I mentioned yesterday, Social Diversity and Social Justice. Mm -hmm. She defines homophobia as fear, 
dislike or hatred of lesbians, gays, and bisexuals often resulting in acts of discrimination. And she also mentioned that there were other terms that have been coined to express homophobia, and she lists a whole bunch of authors and terms. Um, I'm not going to get into all of those because it's, it's a lot of them, y'all. Let's just say that. Make sure you get the book. There you go. Plug. So that's homophobia. Basically being prejudiced against people, having a prejudice against people and being discriminatory towards people who identify as being gay. Mm -hmm. And sometimes in being homophobic, people, uh, people become violent. People harass other people. They bully other people. They murder other people. These are all, those are the actions of how homo, um, how homophobia operates but to be homophobic is to have the attitude where you are being discriminatory you have a prejudice towards i mean against great gay Mm -hmm. people now before i move forward i kind of want to talk about the history of homophobia because i also found this to be very interesting and i'm also gonna step on some toes so i'm looking forward to that but in looking at the history of homophobia homophobia the first thing i notice is that it's reinforced in religion mm. or yeah religion that doesn't surprise me because again let's say for example within the christian faith i know that um homosexuality isn't something that is praised so to speak it's something that is um what sort i'm looking for it's demeaned Mm. and it's attacked it's Mm. seen as being ungodly it's seen as being sinful it's seen as being um not appealing to god so the fact that this idea that religion is a reinforcer and homophobia that does not surprise me and i actually found this quote from an article i found on pbs.org um It's called Frontline Shows Assault Roots. Mm. And the quote reads, this explanation, it's part of a quote, by the way, this (laughs) explanation was inadequate in accounting for the particularly violent reaction against homosexuality displayed by the Jewish, Christian, and Zoroastrian religions. I should probably learn the phonetics of these words before I come on here trying to (laughs) pronounce them. Their strong hostility exists he said, because homosexual practices were associated historically with adultery and heresy, and so were condemned by way of laws and customs, end quote. Another contributor to perpetuating homophobia is society and culture. So again, um, earlier I mentioned how people tend to follow what the dominant culture is feeding to them. If it's Mm -hmm. not being fed to them by the dominant culture, then people are not quick or all people are not going to be eager to open up or accept things that are not um, approved by the dominant culture. So the same article, they were talking about Sigmund Freud um, and I forget what it's called, but I heard about this in psychology class once, but he had this theory that, you know, kids go through this phase where they become attracted to their parents mm-hmm. and they become envious of the opposite parent because they have an attract, like a sexual or romantic attraction to one parent. Mm-hmm. So 
the quote reads, psychoanalysts offered a more social, social psychological view. Sigmund Freud asserted that an exclusive heterosexual orientation does not only result from biological causes, but also is influenced by societal prohibitions on homoeroticism and by early experiences with parents. He assumed that all men and women had strong attractions to the to their same sex parent, but these feelings were usually repressed in dissolving the complete opetus. I did not pronounce that right. Oedipus, Oedipus complex. <laughs> In many cases, however, the repression is incomplete. So what I believe they're saying is that Sigmund Freud introduced this idea that children did have a romantic attraction to parents of the same sex, but they didn't act on it because um, it wasn't encouraged in the dominant culture. That's what I'm getting mm-hmm, from this. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. Um, I also found this other article that broke down why people may be, no, wait, yeah, okay, this is the same article, my, my fault, my fault. Same article, they broke down why people may be homophobic. Mm-hmm. And they said people tend to be homophobic um, because of three reasons. And this is what I got from the article. Out of envy, insecurity, and fear of changing heterosexual hegemony, which is basically the heterosexual dominant, the heterosexual mm-hmm. culture. The envious component comes from people envying the sexual freedoms that homosexuals have and express. So what I have written down is that they, homosexuals, are not threatened by the sexual pressures that are reinforced by society and culture. They are secure within their sexuality and express sexual freedoms that heterosexuals do not feel or believe that they can enact because in doing so they will feel um like a sexual insecurity they feel like in expressing of sexual freedom that homosexuals express that that threatens their sexuality so because they feel like that threatens their sexuality, then they don't act on it. And therefore, they become envious of homosexuals because, you know, you have a sexual freedom. I don't get to do that. Oh, that sucks. Man, mm-hmm. I'm jealous kind of a thing. So because you're conflicted within your own sexuality, you project your insecurities upon homosexuals. The other component being fear I feel like that ties in with the first one. Um, when you have an insecurity within your own sexuality and you're afraid that in being, in expressing a sexual freedom in relation to your sexuality, uh, you're afraid that that is going to, I feel like the fear is, po- is basically heterosexual people feeling like, oh man, maybe I'm not heterosexual actual. Maybe I am gay. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Kind of a thing. Um, and then also a fear of the dominant culture changing, which it's happening right now. And I feel like this fear is very prevalent today. Because 
the perpetuation of heterosexual culture is called Mm -hmm. heterosexism and heterosexism operates as a discriminatory system that is exclusive to those who do not identify as heterosexual so another way that heterosexuals will become fearful is because they feel like oh my gosh the dominant culture is changing you know the dominant culture that was all about heterosexuality now it's all about homosexuality and oh my gosh my kids and you know like that that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. um so again that those are the three reasons that i got from this article on pbs.org as to why heterosexual not even just heterosexual people but why people become homophobic homophobic they become homophobic out of envy out of insecurity of their own sexuality and fearful of changing the heterosexual culture. Mm. Next, I'm going to introduce the term transphobia. Transphobia, as defined by PlannedParenthood.org, they, des- they define transphobia as the fear, hatred, disbelief, or mistrust of people who are transgender be transgender or whose gender expression doesn't conform to traditional gender roles and transphobia can show or function as having negative attitudes and beliefs about transgenderism Mm -hmm. aversion to and prejudice against transgender people irrational fear and misunderstanding disbelief or discounting preferred pronouns or gender identity so basically if a person tells you i don't use she her pronouns i use him her and you're basically saying i'm gonna give you her she pronouns because Mm -hmm. that's how i see you that's a sign of transphobia derogatory language and name calling and bullying abuse and even violence and if transphobia is taken to an extreme It can be very detrimental to trans people because it can lead to depression, fear, isolation, feelings of hopelessness, and suicide, which I know we definitely see stories about this. And that's the thing. Like, sometimes we don't even hear stories about things like this because people Mm -hmm. are not, the dominant culture isn't, it's not completely inclusive or it's not inclusive not even completely because completely makes it sound like it's close and it's not close at all um to transgender people so they get murdered by the masses all the time but we only see like one or two articles about it that type of thing next i'm going to introduce transgender oppression So transgender oppression is the institutional discrimination of transgender people. This is a system that is maintained by various subcultures within the dominant culture. So it's just like how we were talking about racism, saying how, you know, uh, you have the dominant culture that practices racism. And then you have the many uh, institutions within the dominant culture that also practice racism. Also like Nature Valley mentioned before. Mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so the dominant culture in this context would be um 
the transgender oppression, you know, not being inclusive to those who identify as being transgender. And then the subcultures within that would be the healthcare system, politics, education, economics, things like that. Those would be the things that will reinforce transgender oppression by not being inclusive to transgender people or persons. Next, we have the term heterosexism. Maureen Adams, in her uh, book, Social Diversity and Social Justice, she defines heterosexism as the system by which heterosexuality is assumed to be the only acceptable and viable life option. Basically, you only believe that Hold on, let me read this again. System by which heterosexuality is assumed to be the only acceptable and viable life option. So basically, you're not, you only see, you only believe in heterosexuality. You only accept heterosexuality. Anything that exists outside of that, you are um, not inclusive to that. Next, we have gender. Gender is a set of cultural constructs describing characteristics that may historically be related to femininity, masculinity, women, men, non-binary people, or social norms. Then we have gender identity. Gender identity is defined as one's internal sense of being male, female, neither of these, both, or other genders. Then we have sex. Your sex is a set of characteristics associated with reproduction and biology that generally assign individuals into categories of male and female. And finally, we have sexual orientation, which is a person's physical, romantic, emotional, aesthetic, and or other form of attraction to others. So I'm going to go ahead and try to give some examples for these because I, I know it, it can get confusing, especially, you know, if you're not familiar with the terminology and Nature Valley helped me understand the difference within all these things because I know some, I was one of those people that used to comp your gender with your sex because I thought they were the same thing you know you have Mm. male female I thought gender was the same thing male or female but it's not essentially so what nature valley helped me understand is that your sex is the by a lot almost like the sign the it's they try to have the uh, scientific evidence determine what your sex would be Having a penis, having a vagina, Mm -hmm. having titties, you know, those are the biological, those are, that's the biological evidence that determines what your sex is. If you have a vagina and you have titties, you're supposed to be um, a female. Whereas if you have a penis, you're supposed to be a male. Whereas your gender are the characteristics that comes with that sex. So say, for example, If you identify, if your biological sex is being a female, the um, characteristics that will come with uh, the gender that, at least within the American society, of being a female, to my understanding, would be being feminine and exuding what feminine 
what femininity is. I have a very hard time saying that word. So being a woman and exuding that in being a woman, you know, dressing a certain way, uh, behaving a certain way, um, getting your nails done, wearing dresses, like things like that. Whereas your gender identity, let me read this one again, is how you feel you identify, excuse me, um, in relation to your gender. Is that, is that making sense? Yeah, it definitely makes sense. Okay, I just don't know <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm explaining it very well. But basically, okay, you have the sex, which is, you know, mm-hmm. male or female, males have penises, females hypothetically have mm-hmm. vaginas. Um, the gender would be, again, the behaviors that come with being a male mm-hmm. and or the behaviors that come with being a female. So as I said, being a female by uh, biology and having a vagina means you're supposed to behave this way. Mm-hmm. Whereas being a male by biology and having a penis means you're supposed to behave this way. And what has been happening in society is that people will be given this assigned biological sex identity Whereas, like, say, for example, if you are uh, in relation to biology, you are identified as being a female. And then, you know, your gender identity is automatically assumed to be a female because you have a vagina. And because you have a vagina, then you are automatically presumed to be a female. So because you are automatically presumed to be a female, then that means you have to behave this way. But people have been exuding, not exuding, people have been... um, functioning and behaving in ways that exist outside of their gender identities Mm -hmm. you have let's say for example someone who has a vagina but she doesn't dress in a way that is feminine so to speak she doesn't um she's she yeah she's not feminine you know she doesn't get her nails done because that's seen as being feminine Mm -hmm. she doesn't wear heels because that's seen as being feminine she doesn't um carry herself in a way that is ladylike because that is seen as being feminine then even within that she may not even feel like she identifies with being a female so Mm -hmm. she may ask tell you yeah don't use she or her pronouns Mm -hmm. because I don't identify that way. I don't fit in with that. So that's not who I am. And I don't like to use those pronouns because essentially that's not me. And I also want to bring in sexual orientation because I feel like, you know, Right off, right off the bat from birth, you have the biological, the biology, which basically tells you, okay, if you have a penis, you're a male. You have a vagina, you're a female. That's the sex. You go to the gender, mm-hmm. okay, well, if you have a penis, you're a male. Males act this way, and males mm-hmm. are typically sexually attracted to women. So they mm-hmm. automatically assume, okay, well, you're a heterosexual male. That's where so- sexual orientation comes to play. And then if you're a woman, you know, biology, you have a vagina, uh, by gender, women are supposed to behave this way. Automatically, you are labeled as a heterosexual woman because, mm-hmm. you know, women are typically attracted to men. And even then, you have people who are like, I don't identify 
in relation to my gender, I don't identify as being a man, you know, even though my biology tells me I'm a male, or I don't identify as being a woman, even though my biology tells me I'm a female, and I'm not even attracted to the mm-hmm. sex that society tells me I'm supposed to be attracted to. Or hell, I'm not even attracted to anybody. Um, and again, that breeds a whole nother pool of terminology um, that I don't have here, but you can find a lot of these definitions mm-hmm. on transstudent.org. Transstudent.org. That's where I got a lot of these definitions from, by the way. So thank you, transstudent.org. <laughs> and thank you, Nature Valley. You're so welcome. Um, I have dry mouth. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I also have um, an excerpt from transstudent.org. They said trans people can be straight, bisexual, lesbian, gay, asexual, pansexual, queer, etc. Just like anyone else. Mm -hmm. For example, a trans woman who who is exclusively attracted to other women would often identify as lesbian. I feel like I should make a little video clip to help people understand this because I feel like someone's (laughs) still going to listen to this and be like, what? in the world child of the lord i don't get it (laughs) but that's okay we're all here to learn it's a learning experience um but yeah that's pretty much all i have for terminology so you guys have any questions feel free to hit me up on twitter or instagram you know what i'm saying um but i did have some questions for you nature valley okay and maybe we answer some of these already but um I guess I would ask you, how do you feel homophobia and transphobia impact relationships within the black community, both romantic and non-romantic relationships? Hmm. Well, I think, like I touched on a little bit earlier, kind of, and you touched on as well, like, it definitely deepens the divide between, you know, black people. It also makes relationships I wouldn't even say boring but to an extent like it limits our relationships when you know people have these inherent or not even inherent these indoctrinated biases like oh uh, a homosexual person is this or uh, you know transgender person is that or whatever like assigning value to those um, individuals without knowing them or without even getting to know them or wanting to even explore an option, it's very limiting, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, I also feel like, I don't know. I mean, outside of having, like, a vanilla-ass relationship when it comes to not wanting to <laughs> at least entertain the idea that, you know, a heterosexual um, norm can be challenged, it's just, I don't... I don't know. That's I never really thought about that question. How does it impact black relationships? I feel like it just makes it very vanilla. I feel like it makes it very limiting. And I also feel like it deepens that divide, I would say. I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. (laughs) Um, My next question is when discussing gender as an identity, Mm -hmm. what are things that you believe people take into um wait what <laughs> what are things you you believe people take into to into consideration to basically help them 
no, okay, this is how I identify in relation to my gender. Like, what are things that you think that they pay attention to or things that they look at and things like that? Mm, Okay, could you rephrase your question a little bit? Yes. So, um, let's say if you are... Let's say me, for example, Mm -hmm. Um, biologically, you know, I would be a female because I have a vagina. And then let's say if I'm looking to find out what my gender identity Mm -hmm. would be, what would you what would you say would be some things that could help me better navigate what my gender identity would be? Hmm. I think. Paying attention to what you connect with. And not even on just, like, the stereotypical level, like, pink means girl, blue means boy, but also connecting to, like, what, like, see, gender in general is just so problematic to me, but Mm -hmm. also, like, I feel like when you're trying to explore your gender identity, you kind of just need to pay attention to like what you feel good around. So if being a woman means being feminine and being dainty and being, you know, like uh, whatever it means to be a woman in this society and you connect with those values, then you should explore that. Even if you have genitalia that, you know, indicates that you're a male um, or indicate, which means that you should be a man or something like that. Um So I think it's just paying attention to what you connect with on both a physical and a spiritual level. Like, and I think it's paying attention to it from an early age as well. Um, Because it's like a lot of the times we, because we are indoctrinated with what it means to be a boy and what it means to be a girl from a very young age, we don't explore those options. Like Mm -hmm. little boys can't play with Barbie dolls. Little girls can't play with you know, action figures and things like that, even though they're essentially the same exact thing, but whatever. (laughs) Um, Like, once we stop limiting our children and allow them to explore themselves, like, freely without, you know, labeling what it means to be a boy and be a girl, I think they'll naturally gravitate towards a gender identity or whatever it may be. Okay. And I like that you mentioned... um... Well, definitely paying attention to yourself um, because, you know, that's how you get to um, determine what your identity Mm -hmm. would be rather than letting society determine it for you. Because, again, like you mentioned, when we allow society to Mm -hmm. make these decisions for us, then it tells us, okay, pink is for girls, blue Mm -hmm. is for boys, girls play with Barbie dolls, boys play with toy trucks or action figures, girls (laughs) wear dresses, boys wear shorts. Girls are to be ladylike, boys are to be gentlemen. And Mm -hmm. those are just the um, behaviors that comes with Mm -hmm. those identities. But even when it comes to sexual orientation, you know, girls like our girls are supposed to like boys and boys are supposed to like Mm -hmm. girls. And then it's like you have this massive gray area where it's like, okay, well, what if I'm a boy and I don't like playing with toy trucks or action Mm -hmm. figures and I like pink and you know it doesn't even have to go as far as I'm romantically attracted to other men but if I'm a boy who likes pink I'm a boy who's a bit more what society would say feminine Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
So I think it's very important that you meant, I liked how you mentioned uh, paying attention to yourself, because again, that allows you to make that decision rather than allowing society to make that decision for you. And then also referencing your past and seeing the things that you are attracted to the things that you like. Um, And yeah, I I appreciate that. I appreciate (laughs) that. Thank you. Um, my next question is hold on, keep scrolling. Okay. Um, why do you believe it's important to have variation within gender identities? Well, because it allows, I think it's important to have a variation within gender identities because. It just promotes a more, a, first of all, a less stressed society. Like if you're so bent on fitting into a neat little box that was created for you rather than just allowing yourself to exist as you are, like the yeah. entire society is going to be so tense all the time. But also, since I'm kind of a, I don't even like to say that, so I'm not even going to say it, but I would say since I'm kind of a revolutionary in some way, it literally just destroys the system. Like if we Mm -hmm. allow a spectrum in a system where there's only binary, then it'll force us to challenge every binary system, like not even just with gender or not even just with race, but with every other system that exists in America as a foundation. Like Mm -hmm. if we were to just allow there to be a spectrum of, just existence and kind of just get rid of the order that's in place now I really feel like it would just be a better world in the most cliche sense and also just a more effective efficient loving open um I don't know a society I feel like that kind of answers my next question I was going to ask how do you um, how does having fl- gender fluidity help the growth and progression of American society and American culture? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, like it's just first, first, I think it would allow for conversation wherever there's like mm-hmm. a set order in place and there's like rules and indoctrinations, like there's no room for discussion or conversation or, you know, manipulation or anything it's only ever that order. But if you allow there to be a spectrum, then you can be like, oh, well, I identify as a boy, but I have a vagina. Or, oh, I identify as a girl, but I have, you know, a penis. Or, oh, Mm -hmm. I have both, and I identify as neither. Or I identify as a woman. You know what I mean? It kind of just allows you to just exist as whatever it is you want to exist as. And, and, and then you don't also you also to be transgender and I like that you mentioned this too to be transgender doesn't always mean that you have to have the surgery to change your mm-hmm. biological exactly. sex I think that's very important because I can be honest in saying I thought that's what a part of the uh, definition of what it meant to be transgender mm-hmm. meant because a lot of times that's what's projected in media mm-hmm. to be transgender mm-hmm. means to get the biological changes of your sex changed. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so yes thank you I appreciate that I had some other things I wanted to ask you I guess I'm gonna try to make it into one question because I really like the introduction everything that you said earlier and basically starting from the top and just saying how order exists how it operate how it operates <laughs> I need to go to bed <laughs> how it operates and you know even the shape of it being a pyramid and how that shape within itself presents this idea of there being a hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess my question would be, I don't even know if this is a question or more so of a statement, but I feel like people tend to be very reliant on physical evidence in order for us to believe in anything. We have to physically see it or experience it with our senses. If we can't see it or experience it with our senses, then we don't believe it's real. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to things such as gender fluidity and transgender and um, gender identities, I feel like a lot of people may also have, um, homophobic attitudes or transgender oppressionist attitudes because they're like, this doesn't align with the biological evidence that I have been conditioned to think for so long. Mm. You know, we were given the physical evidence that if you have a penis, then you're a man. If you're a man, then you like woman. If you have a vagina, Mm -hmm. then you're a woman. And if you're a woman, you're a woman, you behave like this and you like men. Um, do you think it's because people don't want to break away from that? Um, I guess that the, the the physical evidence behind it, because it's like if we get rid of the physical evidence, then it's like people get frightened because they're like, oh, my gosh, like, I can't believe this because I don't see it now kind mm-hmm. of a thing, if that makes sense. Yeah, it definitely gets rid of the um, cut and dry, easy explanation of it. If that makes sense. Like if we don't have a a physiological basis on which to, you know, ground our argument of gender or whatever, like it would just become something that's literally trivial. It is trivial. I mean, like, I don't even want to get into it because like, but it's very, it's a very trivial concept, just like anything that like kind of exists as something that we know is true. It's like, why does this exist? How does this exist? And what's this motivation and things like that? And it's like, the only way that they can keep gender as something that, and I don't know if I'm answering your question, because at this point, I feel like <laughs> I'm off. Okay. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's but, okay. Um, I feel like if we were to get rid of the biological basis um, of um, gender or whatever, they just, it would just become trivial. Hmm. I think you answered my question. Um, but that's pretty much all the questions I had for you, love. Did you have anything else you wanted to add before we wrap up? Um, no, not that I can think of. Okay. Well, we're going to go ahead and close this out. I know we've taken a lot of you guys this time, but that's okay because this is a lot of information. Mm-hmm. We wanted to make sure we explained it as thorough, as clear, and as precise as we could so people could be knowledgeable and share this information. Bless somebody today. Enlighten somebody today. So we're going to go ahead and wrap this thing up. Thank you again, Nature Valley, for being my very special guest and leading this conversation. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I was, uh, 
I can tell y'all I was nervous about, you know, doing this. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I don't know a lot. I, it's like a lot of this. I don't know, mm-hmm. like, the details of it. So doing the research was very important for me. Um, and that's why I also asked Nature Valley to lead the conversation. I was like, I feel like you know a lot more about this <laughs> than I do, girl. Like, go ahead. Like, you know, uh, take charge, you know. And I'll still ask questions in the end. But I do feel like I definitely have a better understanding. And hopefully you all have a better understanding of all of this Um all the terminology and on the subject of homophobia and transgender oppression as well. But thank you for tuning in to get these spiritual <laughs> vibrations for your mental stimulation. I have been your hostess Keeks and you have been listening to another segment of Meninge Twa. Hashtag for the culture. Another episode coming to y'all tomorrow night. Thank mm-hmm. you for tuning in and you guys have a good night. Good night guys.